Welcome to the Preach and Persuade podcast. My name is Sam Parada. I'm back with Mason Skaggs. Hello. Is that how you say your last name? Skaggs. Not you. Kind of do it like some I kind people of do say. Like a, eggs. Eggs. It's not Skaggs. It's Skaggs. Skaggs. Yeah, that's good. Like scat. Mm-hmm. Like scat. Like raccoon scat. Like scabs. Like oh. a scab. Okay. Skaggs. That's it. Oh man, I think there's something with my Minnesotan accent that doesn't want to do that. Like, it is like yeah. vague. Like vague. I don't want to say bag. I mean, say eggs. Eggs. Say legs. Legs. Say um, rags. Rags. <laughs> rags. Yeah. Okay. See, I would never do that. Yeah, that's your that's your accent. So your last name just doesn't work with my accent. I'll change it for you, brother. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we are back into our series on spiritual gifts, particularly, specifically, the miraculous gifts. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, healing, prophecy, and debating um, cessationism and continuationism. So Mason is, he is for the continuationist position. I am for the cessationist position, and we're going to battle it out and see who wins. (laughs) Who is most biblical. (laughs) And I chose Mason to do this battle with because I know I can beat him. No, That's right. That's good. (laughs) And I I wanted to do this because I know Sam is smarter than me, but the Bible's on my side. And so I can just, you know... No, really, I do. I did want to do this because you are, you are smarter than me. You're more schooled than me, and I love to talk about these things. I'm passionate about the gifts. Um, I'm especially passionate about like the biblical uh, support for the gifts and the arguments for the continuation of the miraculous gifts. And I respect you, and um, you you communicate your opinions and and your arguments well. So that's why I'm here, bro. Well, thank you. Yeah. And as you noticed from the last episode, we are in the same location now, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are no longer doing it virtually. Yeah, we're here in the well, bachelor we... bachelor pad right right yeah. now, man. Yeah, I'm looking at a deer, deer bows, a guitar, a, guitar, a sweet guitar, uh, and with probably I don't know, 800 books surrounding us. Yeah, so cool. It's a little intimidating, all the books. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We're going to. We didn't quite feel like we've we finished up our little introduction on kind of our agreements, like where we see the charismatic gifts going awry and yep. abused, and especially more in that word of faith, you know, Pentecostal world, right? Like hyper charismatic, hyper charismatic, yeah. that type of stuff. So we're going to finish that up. I don't know how long exactly it's going to take us to finish up saying hey we we agree right you as a continuationist me as a cessationist we agree that that's wrong yeah and i think the big part of it is like the, hopefully there are brothers and sisters or like god, god's elect who are listening to your podcast or stumble upon it who are interested in the gift and maybe they're ensnared in one of these things we're going to mention one of these uh destructive doctrines yeah and uh so like we're not trying to mock or I, I'm not, I'm not like, we're not trying to mock them. We're not trying to put them down or like make them feel stupid. Right. But if we can expose the darkness behind uh, these false doctrines and somebody like comes to a greater knowledge and understanding of the truth, then that's, that's what I'm all about. I came to, I had that experience. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, uh, for example, like when I was growing up, you know, a little bit of my story, but whenever I was in the first 
the first church I grew up in was a Pentecostal, really manipulative, um, isolated, yeah. culty church. And one of my first memories of God was the pastor. My, my mom had, had got, uh, she had leukemia. And they told us all to lay hands on her and that if we all had enough faith that she'd be healed. And so, I mean, and she died. So mm-hmm. I know firsthand the kind of damage those doctrines can, can do to a kid, especially. I was so bitter mm-hmm. at God and so confused. Yeah. And um, so if I can positively, you know, if, if this podcast, if we can snatch somebody out of that. Yeah. Or even just get them thinking. Yeah. That's... Yeah, that's all worth it, man. That's a win. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, so you had you had created a little list for mm-hmm. us just to kind of run through here. Yeah. Like what we how did you label it? Let me get how about this? Uh, yeah. we we deny. Yeah, we deny. It's our denials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um so how about this? I'll I'll read it. Okay. You give your reaction to it, like yeah. your initial re- and, and give some thoughts. And I and for some of them that are a, a little maybe a little bit harder for your base to believe that people actually think that. Sure. I have I have quotes from like popular uh, literature. Sure. So cool. I'll get your reaction to that as well. Oh, okay. Okay. So number one is we deny that human beings have the power to create from nothing using their words. What's your? Take I mean, on that? I I think of yeah the the name it claim it type of world and the um the little gods doctrine. Not that. I mean, it's part of the little gods doctrine, isn't it? Like, yeah. if we are if we are like little gods, and God could create using His words, yeah. then we too, as little gods, should have this power to speak things into existence. Right. And it's just such a theologically speaking, it's it's near blasphemous. Oh yeah. And it's it's totally and entirely disintegrating what we call the creator creature distinction. Yeah, that's the problem. That God is entirely distinct from us. We are mere creatures. Yeah. And God is the creator. He exists necessarily. He alone has power to create. Yes. Out of nothing. Yes. And we are mere creations that every moment rely on him to uphold us and to sustain us in, in existence. And any creation that we do is actually just a, like a rearrangement of the furniture. Yeah, praise God. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah, it's like, okay, God created all this stuff. Now he gives me the ability to rearrange some of it, Yeah, put some paint on a canvas, but I'm not speaking any, anything into existence. Right, right. And so it's just a, yeah, it's blasphemous in a sense. It is, man. And we could tie in uh, another one of our denials into that. Um, let, me, let me find it really quick. So we could tie in the the little god's doctrine so we definitely we deny that christians are are little gods or the same spiritual class as the creator yeah. god yeah and for some of the someone listening who's like does anybody really believe that right let me give you um you've probably heard this it's a really famous quote from kenneth copeland that he's not backed down from he's doubled down in this mm. he's 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 beat around the bush somewhat to kind of distract from it but he's never done he's never uh, recanted this statement, and he's doubled down. He has doubled down. Um, he said uh, um, in 1989 in a sermon called Following the Faith of Abraham, he said, God's reason for creating Adam was his desire to reproduce himself. I mean, a reproduction of himself. And in the Garden of Eden, he did just that. 
He was not a little like God. He was not almost like God. He was not subordinate to God even. Adam is as much like God as you could get, just the same as Jesus. Adam in this in the Garden of Eden was God manifested in the flesh. Ooh. Hey. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> Ugh. And so, I mean, this is this is why well, I said what I said in the very beginning. Like we don't come at this with a with a mocking tongue or like with a with a lighthearted, hey, let's take take apart dummies, yeah. you know, stupid heretics or something like this is Kenneth Copeland, um, like he's a he's made in the image of God and he's gonna answer to a holy God for the kind of things that he says. And he's yeah. he's leading hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people astray into this. This is like a heartbreaking right. such a serious uh offense against it's the most serious because that like that is if we want to have our theological triage that is first level Mm -hmm. which means that if you believe that you're not actually a christian right that's that's outside of the bounds of orthodox christian faith you're not a christian anymore even if you say you are yeah um that's a different that's just yeah yeah totally outside and then therefore then if you're following that type of teaching you're being deceived. Yeah. And that's as serious as it gets. Yeah, it so is. So it's devastating. It is. It is. And it's like something we should think about whenever we're alone and like, and really have, you know, weeping hearts over and like, and seek to save people from this. I think sometimes as reformed guys, we can be like, uh, we can just be tongue in cheek about like those dummies, you know, saying this and, yeah. and those people that we don't agree with. But this is, this is so serious. And, uh, yeah, I hope he repents. Uh, same with Joel Osteen. Um, he's an easy target, right? Yeah. But the dude has millions of fathers, followers yeah. and has sold millions of copies of his book, yeah. books and has um, you know, fathered lots of spiritual children out there. Yeah. And uh, one thing he says in The Power of I Am, negative thoughts come to us all, but when you speak them out loud, you give them life. That's when they become a reality, and that's that's a the kind of uh, that notion is everywhere in this in this realm. Sometimes it's more masked. Like uh, we we admit that we're, our words are, are powerful. The power of life and death is in the tongue. We are we are affecting the world around us by our words because we affect the way we think. We mm-hmm. affect the way other people feel. Um, you you do. Uh, with your words, your words are powerful. Mm-hmm. You can invite a beating to your face with your words. <laughs> you can seduce a sweet lady yeah. with your words, you know, um, or you can teach someone the 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 truth of God, or yeah. you can blaspheme. Yeah, but you can't create. Um, you can't create a reality like Joel Osteen is saying with your words. It's that's that's preposterous. So yeah. Do you want me to move on? Yeah, what's the next one? Um, we deny that faith is a that faith is a disembodied force that can be manipulated mm. by human beings. And here's a quote to go along with that. Uh, this is this is the physics of heaven. So this is a really unfortunate uh, work that Bill Johnson wrote a foreword for. Mm. Um, David Van Covering. I think, uh, and some other, some other like Bethel folks, so, and and some some parts of it are worse than others. This is one of the 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 
the really unfortunate parts. Uh, David writes on page pages 143 and 144, he says, Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is a substance. It is the invisible substance from which your physical world was and is being created by Jesus Christ. He writes, uh, Annette Caps said, God uses faith. God used faith substance and word energy to create the universe. Matter has memory, and you can change everything that has been recorded by what you observe, by the words you declare, or by the curses you remove and release in the name of Jesus. Oh, weird. Mm-hmm. That's just weird. Do you think so? <laughs> yeah, like scary weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get I get the title now. The, I've never interacted with that book, but yeah, the physics of heaven. They're they're yeah, spiritualizing matter in a weird way. Yeah, they're and, trying to like they try to what's the um, empiricize. They're like trying. They're to, almost trying to like yeah, mash together spirituality and like quantum physics in a sense. That's exactly what like they're string doing. theory. Yeah. That's exactly I mean they really actually do that. They talk about quantum physics a lot. They like make mention of it as if it gives credence to some of the some of the wild stuff that they say. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So yeah, if 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 faith is a substance outside of God, right. by which he uses to create. Well then, you've just totally annihilated the entire Christian reality because God isn't God then. Mhm. There's yeah. something outside of him that he needs in order to create. That means he's lacking. And if he's lacking, well, then he's not perfect. Yeah. And if he's not perfect, well, he's not eternal then. And he couldn't create in the first place. Something else right. is God. Like, it, it just it totally annihilates yeah. God. It just, just yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. Theologically. Right. And philosophically, it doesn't work. Yeah. And I think another implication you draw from if faith of if faith is a substance, then when Jesus is saying like ye of little faith or uh, your faith has made you well, like we know that faith is tied to like God uses the means of faith, the secondary means of faith. Uh, I think it's a secondary mean means. I I don't know that our listeners will care, but you may be able to correct me. He uses the he uses faith to act, you know, on our behalf, and uh, sometimes. It's, it seems like a lack of faith is like Jesus is, it was unable to do many mighty works there, you know, like in some of the Gospels is what it says. Uh, so faith and God's working are tied in some way, but people will take quotes like this that say, like, faith is this substance you can manipulate and that you use to Mm-mm. manipulate the world. They'll take that and they will directly apply it to people who are seeking healing, yep. who are uh, poor or whatever, and they'll just say, like, well, you're not... Faith is this, uh, you know, psychological certainty that you just have to manipulate, and, and it affects the world around you. You need to up your faith and, like, really be certain psychologically. Yeah. Like, that's... Ugh. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What's the next one? Next one... We deny that earthly success and prosperity are promised to obedient Christians. Run with that, man. You know, whenever I hear that, and that's, that is such a common, I mean, that is a hallmark prosperity gospel, you know, that's what they preach. Yeah. And I just, I, I do not know how they're, how they're able to continue to have that be like emphasized and not be like, what do you, do you read the Bible? <laughs> And yet, I think what it does is it taps into 
like why that is so i don't know captivating for so many people that message right that god wants you to be rich god wants you to be healthy god wants you like to have all this stuff here and now it's tapping into the flesh and 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 i think it deceives a lot of people who are just not regenerated and they are brought in and yet they're not regenerated so they're still living in the flesh so they're mm-hmm. obviously all about that right um mm-hmm. but yeah you 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 read through the bible and you read through the new testament especially and jesus is very clear like like the servant is not greater than the master right i mean if they persecuted me they'll persecute you right yeah. If they killed me, they'll kill you. If they revile me, they'll revile you. I mean, just read through Peter's epistles. Read through First Peter. I mean, simply just says like, hey, when when trials and, and persecution comes upon you, don't be surprised. Right. Like you were made for this. God called you to this. He even says he called you to be to suffer. Yeah. Uh, because we are being conformed to the image of Christ, and we are to w- walk in the footsteps of Christ in this life, that we might be sanctified, that we might become like him. And what what were his footsteps? What was his path? It was a path of suffering. Right. And it was a path that led to a cross where he died. A suffering in the way of obedience. Because of obedience. Because of obedience. Right. That's the whole point. Yeah. You suffer because you obey the word. Yeah. Yeah. So... And then there's all those warnings, obviously, of, you know, not to love money. Love money is the root of all types of evil. Paul says that in First Timothy. Luke 16, 13, that no one can serve two masters. Yep. Yeah. Yep. If, you're, if your heart is set on worldly things, then you don't have faith. If your heart is set in heaven, then you have faith. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't have both. Right. I mean, even think of, I even think of Moses in, in Hebrews 11, where it talks about where he didn't, he, um, um, man, I'm going to. I'm trying to quote it off the top of my mind, but it's not going to work. <laughs> but basically, he like he he decided to suffer with the people of God instead of basically have all the riches of Egypt. Oh right, yeah, and yeah, and it's like Moses, Moses, yeah. yeah. I mean, he chose to be a slave and suffer with the Hebrews rather than continue to live his plush, posh, whatever life as literally a prince of Egypt, the most prosperous top dog kingdom in all the world at that time yeah yeah and what 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 teachers will take some people may not know this but they will take the abrahamic covenant um that that he, he'll be given land yeah uh, that all the nations of the world will be blessed through yeah. him, descendants um blessing and mm-hmm. they take like you know he was he was the wealthiest one of the wealthiest men in the area That's yeah he, he was for sure he was but they they would view that less like no no they would they would say God is God was setting him apart and and in the same way because Abraham's the father of faith and he left his home to follow God when God called blessing follows obedience yeah and so we can expect prosperity and expect uh, ease and comfortability with Christianity and I mean everything you just said totally denies that. And if you read yeah. the Bible, I think if you read the Bible just once through, there's no way you could come aw- come out of yeah, it. Yeah, you can't. With a prosperity doctrine. Yeah, you can't. And I mean, we're we're followers of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was born of a virgin in in a stable. Yeah. Um uh, poor, poor people, like we know that 
Joseph and Mary were poor because they went and brought two doves. Like that was the poor yes. man's uh, sacrifice. Sacrifice. Right? Yeah. Um, literally, like he was not a king in a in a, in, a, in a palace when he came the first time. He came as a suffering servant. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's where we're at now. The point, like. The thing is, it's an over-realization of ex- eschatology. Yeah, we look for—we actually do look forward to, to what we might call lavish lifestyle in in the future. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Christ says, "I'm preparing a place for you." Like you will, you will. He tells his disciples that they will judge the the tel- twelve tribes of Israel. Like we'll judge de- the angels. The angels. You know? We'll be we'll be kings. We'll be rulers. We'll sit on God's throne. The the uh, you know think of the end of Revelation, the new heavens and new earth. The the Jer- new Jerusalem's coming down yeah. from heaven and it's yeah. gold. Yeah, man. Like and there's there's jewels everywhere and it's just like beautiful. It's it's prosperity, but that's right. to come. Yeah, that's not now. And I like what MacArthur always says. Like, yep. If they think this is their best life, well, then it is. It is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because what's a, coming is hell. Yeah, and, and that's, that's scary. that is a scary, te- terrible um, reality, and it, you know, it it breaks my heart for people. So, like, if there's somebody listening who, you know, you would you're you would affirm that Christians, obedient Christians, should have prosperity and ease and comfortability. Uh, I would just urge you to, like, what what do you do with texts like Matthew? Uh, 10, when Jesus says, if anyone would follow me, let him take up his cross. You know, if anyone would come after me, let him take up his cross and follow. What is Jesus saying? Yeah. Like, or or just reckon with all of the the apostles being martyred except one. Right. Like, and well, and John was, they tried to boil him alive. That's and, what, and he yeah. survived. That's the tradition, yeah. <laughs> so, but but look look those things in the face. Look at, at Jesus's teachings on money. L- take them at face value. Yeah. Without the teaching of whatever, um, you know, quote unquote apostles you're listening to, um, you know, quote unquote prophets of God that you're listening to, just read the read read them and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, and I believe He will reveal that we're called to a life of suffering, just like you were saying, Sam. We're called to suffer in the way of obedience, and that is our glory. Mm. Jesus talked about his greatest point of suffering on the cross as his glorification. And uh, like Kenyon, or uh, K- Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth Copeland's spiritual father, talked about how we talk about the cross too much as Christians. We've given people a cross religion and not a resurrection religion. Um, and that would, that's a mistake. We you know we shouldn't dwell on the cross. But Paul said he chose to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Like the cross, Jesus talked about His cross as the the pinnacle of His glory, because He was suffering for the sin of all who who uh, the Father would draw. Yeah, and, and we can't divorce the two. No, yeah, it's like we can't. We can't. So it's 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 just a it's just an overrealization of of things. It's yeah, we will be resurrected one day, but not now. Right. Uh, when Christ returns. Uh. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it just taps into the flesh. It does, People want People want to hear everything's going to be great. You can you can prosper. And it's just so destructive in especially places like Africa. Like, I've been, oh, bro, I've been, yeah. I've been to Africa, and I've, I've seen a people who, ha- who are so wrapped up in prosperity teaching because all these prosperity preachers come over to Africa, 
Mm-hmm. They put on these big crusades and these big revivals, and they and they deceive these people. And these people, they'll say, just you know, sow whatever, and you'll reap whatever. Yeah. You know, give us money, yeah. and you will have. God will bless you. And they these people that have nothing are giving everything they have, and these prosperity preachers come out big, and they leave, and then these people are are have nothing. They're they're yeah. poorer than they were before. Yeah. And I mean, I was in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, driving around. And seeing these big billboards advertising these white guys from America with these really nice shirts on. And I'm like, what on earth is this? And so uh, sure enough, I look up their name. Yeah, they're prosperity prosperity dudes. And so they just plastered these guys' faces all over these billboards, all over these African cities. And these guys come over for a week and, and soak all their money away from them. And then they leave. And it's just a giant deception. Yeah, there's there's no substance to it, and praise God, I am sure somebody there are people out there who are saved through those heretic you know heretical uh, you know charlatan ministries. Yeah, just because God is gracious and He's getting the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. but uh, it's that is it is a hope it's a hopeless message. Yep. And it's a, a works-based message. Both of these point, these three points that we've already denied, they put the onus, they put like, they put all the responsibility on the person, on on the person, yeah, the man, or, or woman, because if you if you you're not living a prosperous life, if you're not healthy, right. if you're if you're not affluent, it's your problem. Yeah, and you just need to work up the faith, get you know, you need to get the right anointing mm. or whatever, and it's. <laughs> I've, 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 like you, you mentioned that it's, it, it appeals to the flesh. It totally does. Like I can remember when I was a first, a new Christian, I was in Amway when I was oh, a yeah, brand yeah. new Christian and that is saturated with prosperity. Oh, doctrine. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I, ho- I just pray that God would, uh, let the reach of this podcast go to some, some people somehow, however he wills to some people who are in Amway, some people who really hold to these doctrines, um, because we love you and we want you to come to to Christ, you know, to, to a fuller understanding of, of the Christian faith. But I was in Amway and I was immediate, I was so drawn to that, uh, mentality of like, God wants me to be wealthy. If I, if I'm wealthy, then I can give more. If I'm wealthy, then I can have a, a, a ministry and tell people about Jesus Christ and travel the world and do missions. And, um, I was so deceived. And one time Courtney told me when we were sitting in the car, at like two o'clock on maybe a Tuesday weekday, two o'clock in the morning, uh, after coming back from an Amway meeting, and she said, "You know, we must really not think God is as is beautiful to be chasing money the way that we that we are. Mm. We must really not think He is valuable, like supremely valuable." And that's just pierced my heart. Wow! Whenever she said that. That was that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> she said that she's a good woman. Courtney's my wife. Everybody, <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah, you know, I even think of Paul and the Corinthians, and especially Second Corinthians, the letter where he's revealing these things that they're these these uh, peddlers of God's word that are plaguing the Corinthian church. Yeah, and part of their they're they're saying that Paul isn't a real apostle, and their argument is, well, because he's not asking you for money. And he's weak. Yeah. And he suffers a lot. <laughs> and that's their whole argument. If he was a real apostle, he would be asking you for money. He would be wealthy and he would be healthy and he would be eloquent and and 
and moving in signs and wonders. Yeah, and it's just like, okay. And Paul is coming in weakness and preaching Christ crucified, and that's it. Yeah. And and not in worldly wisdom. And, yeah, did he ask for money from people? Sure, but he he didn't ask the Corinthians because he knew it would be a stumbling block. But, man, that's just like the exact opposite. Yeah, (laughs) it is, man. Well, I'll... I'll, uh, Yeah, move on. I'll move us to the other one. We may have to break out the arguments for and against cessationists to another episode. Oh, yeah, I yeah. think so. Let's do it, man, because these are—I'm I'm loving the conversation. Yeah, this is good. So, uh, three, we deny that any modern prophetic utterance—prophetic, you know, quote, quotes, prophetic utterance or modern, quote, unquote, ap- apostolic command. So, prophetic utterance and apostolic command, we deny that 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 they are binding on the consciences of all Christians or objectively authoritative. Right. Yeah. And this is just, I mean, we have our doctrine of Scripture is like the canon is closed. Mm-hmm. And we have we have all that we need. We have all that God decreed to reveal to us. We have the authoritative, inspired, inerrant, infallible Scriptures that are sufficient. Yeah. For all things pertaining to life and godliness, yeah, sufficient to equip us for every good work, sufficient to save us, sufficient to sanctify us, yeah, and they are our authority. That's right. And no one in the church has any authority outside of wielding the word of God, right? Rightly so, dividing the word, yeah, rightly dividing it. I yeah. mean, and so your pastor, your elder, any leader you have in the church. Their authority only rests on their ability to properly teach the word. Yeah. As soon as they deviate from it and start teaching things contrary to the word, they have no authority over your life. That's right. So this a whole idea that there's you, that some leader in your church could get a prophetic word from the Lord. Yeah. And have that be binding on you. Yeah. It's just totally unbiblical. Right. And it, we'll we'll get into that it more. Contradicts. I'm sure. The authority of the word. Yeah. And that's how all, all these crazy cults propped up cropped up anyway. Absolutely. Mormonism. Mormonism. Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. You have uh, people saying that revelation is still open. Yeah. And these people got a new revelation. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, how can we argue with them? Right. I mean, He's man. He's a prophet of God. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. It's such a dangerous thing to get to get away from the inerrancy. Inerrancy. And, and sufficiency of scripture. Yeah. It's so dangerous. Um, so, yeah, we deny that. Yeah. I'm even thinking of like, you know, in the Old Testament when there were prophets that were actually being, you know, inspired by the Spirit and speaking God's word. You know, there's ways to test if they were a true prophet. You know, they mm-hmm. would prophesy. And, and then if, if it didn't if it didn't come to pass, yeah. they were a false prophet, you were to put them to death. Right. And then... Oh man, where is I can't remember the exact reference. I think it's in Deuteronomy. I think Moses says, um, and and even if they do, even if they even if what they prophesy does Comes come to pass, to pass yeah. but, but then they, they tell you, you away from from Yahweh. following me yeah. to false gods, they're still a false prophet. Put them to death. Right, right. Isn't that just? It's just like whoa. Yeah. So I mean, that's serious. Yeah. And that's what a lot of these word of faith people are doing. They're saying they're getting a, a word, yeah, and and it's not lining up with the Bible, and it's a, an authority other than the scriptures, and they're leading people astray. They are, yeah. And it's God's. It's terrifying for them because 
It's it's God is literally they're just storing up wrath for themselves on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. Yeah, yeah, man. They are. And I pray that uh, I pray that they could be like examples of God's mercy in the end and and come to Christ and be pardoned. But I sure hope so. But I mean, some some are there are some sins that, like Paul talks about, that you shouldn't pray for people in. And I don't know what those are. But yeah, like, I mean. They're in the class of, like, the people that are following them that are in those churches that are being deceived. Oh, man, my heart goes out for them. I want them rescued. Those people who are the leading them that are the deceivers, mm-hmm. the false prophets, the false teachers, you don't—I don't see any example. Maybe you could remind me of, of them actually repenting. In Scripture? In Scripture. They are the wolves that God has the worst things to say about that are yeah the reprobate, that are the yeah. worst of the worst— I, I, I don't I don't know of anything right off the top of my noggin. Maybe somebody do you have do you post on YouTube? Uh, not not a lot. Do people leave comments on your stuff? I've been posting on Instagram lately. Okay. And I've <laughs> been getting some <laughs> quite some comments. Yeah, you told me. About oh that. man, I mean, what a what a you know you hear you hear about these people talk about the trolls on social media <laughs> and then i've i've experienced some of those trolls coming out and it's just like such a test of self control you know like i know in my mind this person like just don't even <laughs> let it get to you right you know and it's all the har- har- hallmark signs they don't have a profile picture they have zero posts they have they follow 200 people and they have 5 followers yeah. And it's like that is like the stereotypical troll. Yeah. And all they do then is just try to find people's posts and just rail them. Like I had one guy, I, I did a video on like science and religion. Like, you know, it's only a little minute and a half thing. And I had one guy to say, and the most punchable face award goes to me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. I mean, I don't love it, but it's like, oh, I want to fight. <laughs> I mean, in reality, I've never seen your face as punchable, bro. <laughs> so that guy really is just trying to get under your skin. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to say, if if somebody wants to comment or and, and give an example of somewhere in Scripture where uh, someone, a false teacher, turned from, from their sin, like maybe... Uh, Maybe Simon the Sorcerer. Maybe. Maybe. He seemed to, but he wasn't. He wasn't like a. He wasn't a deceiver. He, in th- a that sense. was like right at his conversion. Yeah, where he's he, like, "Let me buy he the was Holy converted, Spirit," and then he, yeah, yeah, and they rebuked him. But he wasn't this. He wasn't a Pharisee. That's what I mean. Like right. the Pharisees were the religious leaders. Yeah, and there was never. I mean, other than Nicodemus, like right. there wasn't. Or uh, what's that guy Joseph of Arimathea? No, not not Arimathea. The I don't the think, tomb. The I don't man. think I don't think he was a Pharisee. He was a synagogue dude, right? He might have been. I can't remember. Anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's unimportant, but yeah. So, what's the next one? <laughs> okay, um, we deny that it is always God's will to heal in this life. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to the whole prosperity thing, like it does, wealth yeah. and health. Yep. Um, I mean, the the whole point too is like these these bodies that we have, yeah, they're fallen bodies, they're fallen, yeah. And we all know, even the prosperity people know, that they're gonna die one day. Right. That's the irony of it. Most like, of these guys are super old, and they look like, I mean, they are not prospering in their. No, they're getting old. They're old. They're getting. They're dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And every single prosperity 
preacher ever has died. That's right. So it's just a very interesting thing that y- you say that you can always be healed. Yeah. Then why are you dying? You're you're obviously can't heal yourself from whatever's causing your death. Well, and I, and to be fair, I'm sure these guys would concede like well, everybody must die eventually. But that it's a contradiction. It is. I would say it is because yeah. death is caused by Illness something or something going something. on. Something you're not prospering. You're not prospering. It must be a lack of faith or too much sin. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and and that's the thing. We we have our hope. The hope of the gospel is resurrection. You know, we're following the footsteps of Christ, who is the firstborn. Yeah. He was resurrected, and then we have this promise of resurrection. Yeah. Where Paul says we'll be clothed in immortality. This old dead body is wasting away, and we'll be given a new body that that is imperishable, unfading, glorious. Yeah. And that is our hope. It's not now. Right. Now, we do believe that God heals according to his will, and when he so desires. Yeah. For the sake of his glory and the sake of his name. We pray for it. We long for it. We seek it because we have we love our loved ones and and we want them around. Uh, and Jesus, think of Lazarus, like Mary and Martha comes to, you know, comes to him and and they're weeping and they're sad. And Lord, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. And, and Jesus weeps. Yeah. Even though he knows that in a, in just a little bit of time he's going to go raise Lazarus from the dead. Yeah. So, death is this enemy. Christ defeats death on the cross, and now we have a hope mm-hmm. that uh, we won't be dead forever. Yeah, we'll be resurrected, but we still have to die. Yeah, and our bodies still have to perish. We do. Yep, I would totally agree. I don't have anything to add to that, man. Uh, number five or six, we deny that one must speak in tongues or practice the other quote miraculous sign gifts unquote to be truly spiritually mature and in profound fellowship with the triune god yeah and that sets us apart again from our first podcast from really the whole pentecostal movement that's right that says that you know you have this baptism in the spirit the second experience and Mm -hmm. the evidence of that is speaking in tongues and everybody should seek the baptism of the spirit right Therefore, then everybody should speak in tongues. Yeah, to be really mature and, or yeah, empowered. And it's, and it's that baptism that empowers you for ministry and empowers mm-hmm. your sanctification. Yeah. And fuels your sanctification. So, yeah, we're so, yeah, we're denying that. Right. And Well, and, and even we deny that, like, you need to believe in the, in the, in the miraculous spiritual gifts and practice them or, or pursue them to be, you know, to be uh, in true fellowship yeah. with, with God. Yeah. Because there's even more outside of the Pentecostal movement uh, continuationist who might say, well, unless you're doing that, you're not really spiritual. You're not mm-hmm. really spiritually mature. And we would say, I would say as a continuationist, n- uh, you know, that's that's far from the truth. Right. Some of the most spiritually mature people that I know have been uh, cessationists. Now, do I think that they're missing out on something God intends them to have? Yes. Uh, but do I think lots of them are holier than I am? Yeah. I sure. think so. I mean, I mean, there's even the historical argument, like, historically speaking, cessationism was the dominant position, and most of our, like, heroes in the faith, right? Kelvin and Luther and Jonathan Edwards and John yeah. Owen and all these guys that had these amazing, like, God used them to 
I mean, for the Reformation, like think yes. about that. Yes, they were all cessationists. They were, yeah. So, and I mean, especially because the Catholic Church used, uh, well, hey, we see signs and wonders. We have the prophetic utterances. We're the true church. Yeah. Because we have all of these relics, and we have we see healings. And so Calvin and all all of the reformers, that was a huge reason why they're like, no. Yeah. In fact, we don't even think these things are for today. Right. And we'll we'll probably get into more of that in the the second episode. Yeah. The historical stuff. But um, you want me to move on? Yeah. Six, we deny that there is any biblical precedent for Christians to pursue trips to heaven, encounters with or communication with angels, uh, communication with the dead, dead saints or relatives, mm. or to pursue spirit travel. Yeah. Totally deny that. Yeah. And that's one that's so weird. Let me give a couple quotes. Yeah. Okay? Because some of your listeners are like, well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> now, these are people with huge followings, right? Huge. Again, I'm going to quote from the Physics huge. of Heaven. Huge. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> huge followings. Tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. China. <laughs> <laughs> so, Physics of Heaven. This is Judy Franklin. It's, it's in the introduction. She says, And then, because we are exploring territory that some people fear is full of counterfeits, uh, end quote, this, th- this is her talking about like what the book is going to be doing. Because they talk about New Age practices, and they, you know, quote, expose the counterfeit, mm-hmm. unquote, and reclaim the true practice. Mm. Okay? So, anyway, she says, And then, because we are exploring territory that some people fear is full of counterfeits, Jonathan Welton explains that Christians need not be afraid of being deceived by counterfeits, but should realize that whenever we see a counterfeit, we should try to discover the real behind it. And she's talking specifically about crystals, healing energy, Reiki healing, Mm. um, yoga, meditation, uh, uh, everything, astral projection, Mm. you know. And she would say, those are the counterfeits. Now, what are the realities behind tarot cards, Mm. palm reading? Astrology. I mean, no, we deny (laughs) that we should be pursuing anything real behind those things. Let me read another one, and then I'm going to pass it off to you. I've actually got two. These are shorter ones. Uh, This is is Kat Kerr, and I want to say— It's a well-known name. I am totally willing to say uh, Kat Kerr is—she's— from everything that I've seen, and I've listened to hours of her content, she is off her rocker. <laughs> she is. I'm sorry. I, I don't. I do not want to laugh. She really is leading people astray. Yeah. Um, she says some of the most wild and outrageous, overly flamboyant, totally fabricated things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. And so, if you know anybody listening to Cat Kerr, lady with pink hair claims to be a prophetess, claims to take hunt thousands of trips to heaven at will and will teach you how to take trips to heaven, just, um, yeah, just stop. Totally yeah. weird. So she says, he takes me nonstop on tours of heaven so you can know that's re- uh, what's really there. And the thing he asked me, the very first thing he said, she's speaking of God, your assignment is to make heaven so real that they'll feel like they could live there and they have to know it is going to be fun. The real thing is, okay, you want to know what your kids are doing in heaven? They're riding the carousel in heaven. They're eating the cotton candy. Wow. I mean, she goes on to talk about <laughs> rabbits that are human-sized, 
giving painting lessons. Wow. Jello kingdoms. Mmm. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the third one. Ugh. Third quote. If there is a counterfeit, then there is an authentic. Authentic. Uh, there is an authentic that we need to find and reclaim. Says Jonathan Welton in Physics of Heaven. I'm gonna pass it off to you, Sam, and you talk. Yeah, I mean, as it pertains to like trips to heaven, I mean, this is a very common thing. I I was even there was a point in my Christian walk when I would have thought that yeah, somebody could go to heaven if they died and then came back to life. Like, you know, what's the what's the famous one? The Heaven's for real. Heaven's for real. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's probably the most well known book that which is a well known fake now. It was it gets a counterfeit. Yeah. Yeah. I know, yeah. but for years they played it. Oh yeah, dude. And a lot of, I mean, how many books sold? I don't, millions, I'm sure, copies. Yep. Yep. So many people read that book. And for a while, I'm like, oh, this is so, oh, and and it's it's so deceptive because I remember, I mean, I probably would have been 18, 19 at this at that time. Yeah. And I remember having it. It encouraged me. It, it, uh, gave me certainty, mm-hmm. but now that I look back, I was putting my faith in his experience yeah, and not in scripture. Yeah. It's very subtle, but you start to like do these little mental things where you're like, like your, your faith, the strength of your faith, your, your confidence in, in in heaven is like connected to a book in a, right. in a boy and yeah. not in the actual book, the scriptures. Yeah. And that's, what's just so it's so subtle, but it's so deceptive. Satan's trying to get you to, to put your faith in something else, put your faith in something fallible. Yeah. And put your faith in an experience, put your faith in a person. Right. And right. it's, it's so subtle, but now biblically speaking, like trips to heaven, there's only one instance in the New Testament where we might get a little glimpse that something was maybe going on here. You're talking about Paul, Paul. ripped up to heaven by his hair? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is, a, again, back to 2 Corinthians. He's getting, he's getting you know, lambasted by these peddlers of God's word, and the Corinthians are kind of are following suit and saying, Paul, you, you stink. You're not that great. Right. You're, not, you're probably not even a true apostle. Nothing miraculous has ever happened to you, yeah. Paul. And then he, la- he just lays out his resume. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I love it. I, it's just a Hebrew, Hebrews, blah, 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 blah. And he just lays it out. And then at the very end of that, he kind of says, and I, and I, you know, I knew a man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and clearly he's, he's talking about himself. Yeah. He's, he's just still trying to have it be a little bit humble. That you know went up to the third heaven or whatever, and and saw things that cannot be uttered. Yeah, he and he even says whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. So, but whatever he saw, he couldn't even utter. Let me just pull it up because this is just this is just kind of the definitive like um, traveling to heaven text. Yeah, totally is. Let's see here. Okay, so Second Corinthians. Chapter 12, listen to what Paul says. I must go on boasting, though there is nothing to be gained by it. (laughs) I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. 
God knows, and I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. Mm. So, like, there it is. Paul is is certainly talking about himself. Yeah. And, and he's caught up to the third heaven. He says paradise. And he says, in the body, out of the body. He says it twice. I don't know. God knows. So he might not have actually went to heaven. He might have just had a vision, maybe more like John. Sure. A vision. Uh, but the, 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 the point is, the point is, is that if the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, who is currently writing spirit-inspired words, yes, says that that he saw things that cannot be told, mm-hmm. which man may not utter. That's it right there. Right. It's and he like, even says it's it's it. There's no, there's no uh, benefit in him boasting about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. I. I. He's like I. I didn't even want to pull this card out. Right. I, I, basically saying I shouldn't even be telling you this. Yeah, and he says the same thing to the Colossians. He's like, in Colossians uh, 2.18, he says, Let no one condemn you by deli- uh, by delighting in ascetic practices and the worship of angels, claiming access to a, a visionary realm. That's the CSB translation. I like that. So, I mean, the point is, is like, if you, if as soon as you have somebody saying they've been to heaven mm-hmm. and and talking about it, and telling you what they saw, the things they heard, automatically, automatically, fake. Yeah. That's it. Or even if it's a real experience they had. But if it was a real experience, they wouldn't be uttering it. That's what I'm saying. Well, okay. So I I might push back on that a little bit just because, like, Paul does talk about experiences, or Peter talks about heavenly visions and things. The, like the the pigs in a blanket in Acts, you know the animals. Oh sure, yeah, but that's not that's it's not, not the heavens. That's like not the third heavens, heavens stuff. right? Uh, and then John, but John does talk about like some in Revelation, of course. Right. Again, a vision. But you, to your point, anytime someone's boasting in that and like puffing them their ministry or themselves up by like it says right here, claiming access to the visionary realm or boasting of visions of angels. Yeah. That person is is. Uh, a person is sinning by yep. doing that. Yeah. And even if their experience is real, maybe it was demonic, maybe it was angelic, whatever, it's they shouldn't be doing that. No, they shouldn't be. And what it does is, and why Paul says, like, things that can't be told or uttered, is because if they were uttered or told, they would they would supplant the authority of the scriptures. Yeah, man. And like I said, subtly, when I was, when I was, you know, 18, 19, I started hearing about, I never read the book, Heaven is for Real, but I was being told about it. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And it's like this alluring thing. Like I'm, you're subtly putting your faith in that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I know Heaven's real because this person had an experience of it and they told us about it. Yeah. No, no. How about, you know, Heaven's real because the Bible says it is. Yeah. And what the Bible says is enough. It is. It's exactly what God intended to give us. About heaven, no more, no less. Yeah, it's and that goes back to sufficiency. It does, yeah. And like, it's trustworthy. And like, it is trustworthy, and like you said before, the root 
or the the origin story of every cult is uh, getting away from an in- inerrancy yep. and sufficiency of scripture, and it normally comes through. I saw a vision. I saw a vision. I had a dream. You know, I put my hat head in the hat and saw these golden plates. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, even even Muhammad. I mean, yeah. Islamic faith started the same way for sure. Like yeah. the angel Gabriel came to one man, Muhammad. Yeah, Mary Baker Eddy, and gave him a revelation. Christian That's science. the brilliance of the Christian scriptures is that here you have a collection of 66 books written over the course of nearly 2,000 years in over 40 different, um, by over 40 different authors, three different languages, and and they're all saying the same thing. They're right. all unified in their story and in what they're saying. Yeah. And so that is like... It Self-authenticating. It's not one man with, with claiming he had a vision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. That's right. I it's mean, God, God revealing himself yeah. in his sovereignty. So, yeah. And what else did you say in this In this, we deny? Uh, um, we deny that there's any biblical, biblical precedent for Christians to Oh, contact seek, the dead. To contact the dead. Yeah. To, to talk to saints or yeah. seek to contact angels. Yeah. And uh, all of this is kind of tied together. There's this doctrine called courts of heaven prayer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's hugely prop. Uh, hugely popular right now by it's a book by robert henderson and uh dude needs to repent i mean robert henderson i'd love to talk to the guy and just like find out what i mean and and just plead with him to stop making content because he his book is all about how you know god uh god has laid out a way for us to pray in which we have to enter the courts of heaven read the books that God has written about your life specifically and pray those things which are written uh, that they might manifest in your in your life. And this is a hugely popular book. Mm. If you'd want to, if anybody wants to learn more about that, you could listen. Remnant Radio did a, like I think maybe a two-part se- series on Robert Henderson's uh, Courts of Heaven. But it, it also involves talking to angels and he will like got he guides Christians on how to talk to angels, how to how to enter heaven, how to read the books God has laid out about your life. Hmm. And yeah, this is huge, man. Millions of people doing this. Of course, of course. You know the thing about content contacting the dead, which is a little bit scary, is that it's actually a thing. Yeah. Like clearly something's going on when Saul, King Saul. Yeah. Uh, one, he he outlawed it. He made it illegal. And he kicked out all the necromancers and all those witchy women that <laughs> eagle song, <laughs> witchy woman, yeah, uh, that w- could do this, that could summon spirits, and he made it illegal. And then, sure enough, he's a hypocrite, and he goes and finds one, and he wants to contact Samuel, the witch of Endor, right? Yeah, and he he does, and Samuel comes from somewhere, and it's very mysterious. We're like, what do we do with this? It's in the Bible. It happened, right? And, like, I would say, like, there's something to the to the fact of maybe in the Old Testament, the, re- the reality of Sheol. Sure. And I would, uh, I would probably put myself out there saying that until Christ died on the cross and was resurrected, those people who died were in Sheol. And mm-hmm. there was the, there was the, obviously the tormenting side of Sheol and the, and the restful, restful waiting period of Sheol. That's good. Yeah. Where the Old Testament saints were. Yeah. And that somehow, some way this woman was able to summon the spirit of Samuel out of that place for yeah. a moment to commune with Saul. Yeah. Nonetheless, how she was able to do it through some demonic power 
angelic spiritual power, she was able to do this. Yeah. So that's why when you like Ouija boards, all these weird like, don't mess with it. Yeah. Because yeah, there's, there's real demonic power behind. For some sure, of these there things. is. Yeah. And it's it's not something to mess with. It God is forbids not, it. Yeah. There's a reason he forbids it. Because it's something you can do. It's yeah. real. Yeah. It's a way, and also it's a way that principalities and demons want to gain access yeah. to your yeah to your life and to your uh to your spiritual existence. Yeah. We're spiritual beings and yeah. you're yeah. you're dabbling in something you can't even see let alone predict and You have no idea. No, dude. Yeah, don't do it. That's that is so foolish and uh for for example about contacting the dead and stuff, there's there's all kinds of really popular uh theories and notions kind of put forth in hyper charismatic movements about like contacting your your guardian angel mm. contacting angels summoning angels mm. like we can debate whether or not it's it's it, it would be okay to to pray to god you know send angels to protect so and so you know i i think i i would be more comfortable with that though i probably wouldn't pray that i'd be so much more comfortable with that than someone tr- like in prayer trying to contact their guardian angel or speaking with angels because Paul specifically said like even if an angel comes to you with a different gospel with a different gospel let them be anathema like yeah and that Satan Satan masquerades as an angel of right. light we, we pray to the Father in heaven through the Son by the power of the Spirit yeah and and we pray to him and he will bring to our aid anything that he desires to do yeah. If the answer of that prayer is him sending an angel to help you, well, he'll do that. You don't for need sure. to ask him for the angel. I don't think you know. You well, do. you'll send Gabriel to help me. Yeah. Uh, I don't want Gabriel this time. Yeah. Michael. I want Michael. <laughs> I want the archangel Michael. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the thing. Whereas, um, it's the contacting the dead is just a little bit more of a spooky thing because it's it's a, there's some real demonic influence and power behind all of that that. God forbids. Don't do it. What's the next one? Next one and last one. We deny that Christians are little gods. We already did that one. Yeah. Um, so I guess that was the last one. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I think that's, I mean, that's good. I think that really kind of lays the stake in the ground of where we're coming from. Yeah. And what we're fighting against and wanting people to be rescued from and what we don't mean when we're talking about, you know, these miraculous gifts. Like we're, we're setting ourselves up. Right. Up, like away from that those movements that are so popular today and so influential yeah they're huge and we want whether you are a continuationist or a cessationist we want our views and our practices entirely rooted in scripture yes so awesome yeah. did you have affirmations for us oh i did have some yeah yeah yeah, yeah. let's Forgot. do them let's do them they're not as uh they're not as well written as yours um because again there's a lot that we together can be against. Yes. Now, now we're getting more to the nuances of mm-hmm. of like, okay, what are we what are we agreeing on when it right. pertains to spiritual gifts? Right, right, right. So, well, and we found a lot of common ground in what we agree on just by going through what we deny, like yeah. the sufficiency, inerrancy of yeah. scripture, the, uh, all of those good good things. I can't remember where I wrote them down at. Let's see. Yeah. Some other things that we kind of agreed on through going through our denials is like the authority of the uh, the the biblical apostles, 
not not some modern day apostles right, right. or prophets. And so we found a lot of common ground through just going through our denials. But yeah, we I mean we already said some of these. Like yeah, you just said it. We agree that apostles are speaking of a specific person in the first century that had that saw the resurrected Christ that was commissioned by Christ himself and had the power to write spirit inspired inspired scripture. Right. So we we would be in agreement that the office of apostle yeah. has ceased. Uh we'd be in agreement that the unique office of a, of authoritative spirit inspired How I define apostle we're in agreement that that is yes okay totally yes. how you define apostle we agree okay, okay, okay. it's ceased because that's authoritative yeah. binding on conscience of of Christians for all times and, and would we agree that that as it's defined in the Old Testament mm-hmm. the office of prophet or the person the the prophet who is getting revelation new revelation from the Lord in the same way that the 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 apostolic office has ceased I would say the uh, inerrant prophetic utterances that are laid down for the foundation of the church for all times have ceased. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do we agree on this one? Spiritual gifts are manifested in each individual Christian by the Spirit. Yeah. Yep. Boom. They're manifestations of the Spirit, and everybody has a gift. Yep. Um, you're, you're not a Christian unless you have... Every Christian has a gift. At least one. How about this one? Would we agree on this? They are for the edification of the body, the encouragement of one another, mm-hmm. and the work of ministry. Yeah, they're for the work of ministry, consolation, edification, encouragement of the body. The Bible says so. Yep. Uh, you you just said this, but everyone has a spiritual gift. Yes. So that is a big one. Um, yeah. And we'll get into that when we get into First Corinthians. But yes, everybody indeed does have a manifestation of the Spirit yeah. for the common good, it says. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one has all the gifts. Well, except me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. No, pa- Paul, that's clear in the Bible. Yeah. Paul says, not all speak in tongues, not all heal or right. healers, you know. Yep. And the Spirit is the one that chooses yes. the gift that you have. Yes. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. We're in agreement. Boom. Yes. The Spirit, so that you've already said, like, the Spirit, it's... The gifts, like Paul says, are manifestations of the Spirit for the common good. Yeah. So it is, it's not like the Spirit is giving you something outside of itself, of his self. He is manifesting himself through the gifts mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah. And so, yeah, he chooses. He chooses. He chooses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, it's just a very short list that I had. Anything That's else? beautiful. Anything else you have? Think of that we would uh, um, agree I think on? We would agree that... Yeah, how about I think this? That How about this? Would we agree on this? All spiritual gifts are for the edification of the body, mm-hmm. for the common good. Yes. But not all gifts edify at the same degree. We agree on that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, some gifts have more edification power in them, like prophecy. Yes. As Paul is making a case for in 1 Corinthians. Yes. Um, we, we, we would both agree for sure that if throughout, uh, throughout the church era, there have been declines in the manifestations uh, that we would call the spiritual 
or the, the, miraculous, uh, the miraculous sign gifts. We would both agree. You would say they declined to a to a cessation. Yeah, to a stop. I, I would say they've declined and and uh, increased over time, and and you know probably will do so again. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was awesome. That's it for this episode. Uh, now, finally, in the next one, we can get to our our arguments. Yeah. Time to box it out. Punch yeah, each man. other. <laughs> Let's do it. But thanks again for listening to the Preach and Persuade podcast. Again, if you have been helped by this episode and encouraged by it, please send it to a friend. Send it to somebody that you think maybe could uh, benefit from hearing this, uh, that maybe is dabbling with these kind of bad beliefs. Mm-hmm is in the prosperity movement or the word of faith movement and needs to hear this so please send it share it uh and also you can leave a rating on apple Podcasts or spotify that would help get this podcast discovered by other people so once again thanks for listening have a great day bye